Happy Saturday. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And we are so excited to be here today. It is a fantastic day for food. <laughs> Don't you think? I do. I do. It's actually one of those weather days. Quite honestly, you guys, driving in felt a little state fairish. Not oh, going to lie. It, yes, it's it a little felt crisp. A little sunny and a lot of, you know, just kind of a nice cool breeze, not too humid. There was just a little nip of the state fair there. Okay, speaking of. Which we are under, we're like 30 days away, guys. Is it 30 days? It's like 30 days away. Okay. Here, as long as we're on the state fair and I had this to talk about at the very end, but I think our listeners should know Yeah. because the, my talk schedule is always a little fluid depending on what's happening. I think they should know that weekly dish is going to be at the state fair both weekends this year on Saturdays. Um, the first Saturday we will do, uh, the nine to 11. We'll have just just a regular show. And then the second Saturday, it'll be abbreviated from nine to 10, I'll be with uh, Steph the first Saturday for that full two hours, and then the second Saturday of Labor Day weekend, you'll have a guest. I'm assuming. I think I have Meredith Deeds already locked in. Like, oh, I think she'll I be had so her happy. Locked in like a while ago. So uh, Meredith is a cookbook writer and contributor to the Star Tribune, as well as many other local food sources, and she's great. And it's always fun, I think, to get different perspectives on something like the fair. Yeah, because we just have such a funny love, hate, love. You sometimes hate love. I always love. I, I even love I the hate. hate. Why do you? That's interesting. Because you're just sometimes you're just like, oh my god, I'm so over that part of it. Yeah, it's, I don't think it's ever hate. It's just you know, a lot. exhaustion. <laughs> how about it, how about when you go every? I mean, and I don't even have it as bad as say like Elizabeth Reese and those guys. Yes. who have to be there from sun up to sundown and every do everything. Day. They do get weekends off. Um, I do you think? And this is sort of show planning, but why not invite the listener in? Come on. Do you think that we should do a whole state fair show for two hours? And like we can talk about the beers. We can talk about the wines. We can talk about just fun things happening at the fair, the cooking stages, the demos. Yeah. Okay. That'll be really exciting because a lot of times we just talk about the food. Right. But there is so much more about the fair that's cool and fun. And well, and there's some new stuff they just did. Uh, They just launched or they announced, you know, this last week about uh, some of the new things happening. They built out, Cambria has built out that kitchen in the creative activities building, which was completely, you know, do you remember? It was like kind of yellowy and old and weird. (laughs) Yes. And those poor guys would stand there and people be sitting on benches around them and you couldn't really see well. So I think they've really done a nice job from what I've seen about installing, you know, state of the art equipment and making a nice, beautiful, rounded, you know, viewing area. So that's going to be fun. And they'll have like, I know the sous chef's going to be there. I think Andrew Zimmern's going to be there. They'll have some great chef demos. So yep. that'll be fun. They've also got, uh, and they also have done this interesting thing this year. They have built windows into the side of a couple different um, food stands, Sweet Martha's and Prano Pups. New buildings both have windows into the kitchen and some of them have a short video presentation on the outside too that talk about the whole process of of how you know they get their food system to the state fair and how they do it. How really cool is that? Yeah. Well, when you consider the fact that how much of the state fair has to do with food, 
it's really, really interesting the way that that it all happens. And people are people are interested, obviously, in what should I eat. But I get questions at the magazine all the time about like, what's the value of this, and like, how much does this cost, and how many people are really interested in the mechanics of it. And I, I'm always interested, and I think people are too, in how much these booths make. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, no, when you say like, you know, oh, it's a twelve million dollar two week job. Really, I mean, after expenses and profits and operations and insurance and all of that stuff, it's never that. But it is pretty interesting. And this two-week job, by the way, like I can only speak to Sarah's tipsy pies because she keeps me in the loop on what she's doing. Mm -hmm. She's been working on her state fair booth for months. Yeah. She's been working. She's already made 8,000 pies for in the, I mean, they are making pies, freezing them so that they are ready to go. Yeah. Because she's a pretty small operation, right? Right, right? And that two weeks is a gigantic sales moment. So, Well, and the Blue Barn, those guys are doing, uh, they just announced that they're taking credit cards too. So I think we're going to see a big movement because, you know, the cash situation has always been part of the fair. They have ATMs everywhere. And I know so for me on that for first day, think about that. Yeah. I have to bring, I mean, I'm not going to tell you what I have to bring. I have to bring a lot of money. We talked about it last year. Didn't <laughs> yeah. you say you had to, well, we don't want to personally jeopardize your safety. Have an armed guard me. walking no. with Stephanie March because she's got yeah. so much food money. But I mean, that's the thing is you have to come ready because otherwise it takes time out. It also the fees for going to the bank and all that kind of stuff. So you know, it's nicer. More places are coming, you know, because of Square, because it's so much easier with people's iPhones and everything else. Um, I like that fact. And it also, for me, is more trackable when I'm doing a, an expense report for work. Yep. You know, I don't because sometimes you write things down. You're, I was standing in line at the blue, you know, the blue moon diner. And I'm like, well, we got three of those things. I think they're seven bucks a piece. You know, I think that's what that was. Do you remember? Yeah. There's no like website to go look on it. They don't have that. You know, you have to kind of look through it. When I was with you last year, I think I was with you last year, like on that first day mm-hmm. for just a little bit. And you were with Jake and your cameraman. What I think people fail to realize, because I certainly did, is in my mind, like you're Stephanie March. You just walk up to the front of the booth and like, hey, I'm here. Can you give me two of those, one of those and one of those? You really, you thought that, huh? For, I did until I like was experiencing it with you. And we are standing in line like at Giggles Campfire Grill. And it's, you know, four people deep on five, five sides of the building yeah. and six back. And you're having to stand there and like wait for the food. So you're a fair core in that way. Yeah, it's just waiting in line. Standing. Well, and we try to divide and conquer because, you know, we do have a, you know, we have a team aspect of it. And so we do end up doing that where it's like, you know, I'm saying Jake has to go in line at Blue Diner. Jake is her son. Jake is. <laughs> he has to like be the space holder. <laughs> <laughs> he'll call today during the show or LA yeah. will. And but uh, so he'll stand in line or, you know, we we try to divide and conquer and say, OK, meet back here after if there's three things in an area because you can't because otherwise you spend most of your time standing. Yeah. So it's kind of tough. So that's the behind the scenes of the fair. Quickly. Yeah, there we go. Um, so I had a weird uh, opportunity quickly to go to the Intercontinental Hotel at the airport yesterday. Yeah. First of all, beautiful. Yeah. Very beautiful. Those restaurant spaces are going to be really well done. The food we ate was really good. So we had, Brad Street Crafts House is the re, is the bar. Yes, and then they've actually added a restaurant called Lavoya. Yes, which is a little bit fancier, just a little bit more upscale. And and I, it's really beautifully done. Like you know, a lot of these restaurants are doing the cool wallpaper. They did cool floor tile that almost looks like wallpaper. So that was kind of neat. Yeah. Um, we had steak tartare with uh, taro chips, which was super good. Did you get the restaurant week? <laughs> they were doing restaurant week. I did not. Yeah. I should have. Yeah. No, I kind of ended up there by accident. 
And when I say ended up there. Were you in Bradstreet or did you sit in La Jolla? We were in La Jolla. Okay. Um, Bradstreet was still getting put together. Okay. Their soft opening, I think, is this weekend. And if you're going to go, I ended up parking in the gold ramp. And then the access to the airport is not open yet. So then they wanted me to take a shuttle there. And I was like, uh, no. So there's like a back service road. That's it's really hard to get to. Post road. Yeah. So I go post road. Don't go like to the airport parking. If you end up airport parking, because all of a sudden you have to park. Yeah. Because you're at the gates and there's nowhere to go. So I went in and then I went out. And as you go out of the parking, if you're all the way, it was like the Champs-Élysées where I had to go like yeah. eight lanes over I in know. 10 feet. It's very confusing. But I was able to get over and get in there. I think the signage will get way yeah, better the, as they the, go. I do too. And I got to tell you, I got it. Did you get a preview of the aviation room or the flights deck? No. Okay. So this would be reason enough to go, I think, because they eventually are going to have like this whole rooftop. Not it's not a rooftop because it's you can't really have a rooftop <laughs> at the airport if you know what I'm saying. Yes, uh, it's a little loud, but they do have a sky deck that is all double glassed in. You cannot hear a plane. You cannot hear a thing. Planes are landing and taking off all around you, and you cannot hear it, but you can cool. watch them. You can see both cities from both sides, and they're going to have this bar up there with all these glassed-in walls, and it's going to be, um, it's going to be. I think it's called flights. I want to make. I think, but they're going to be doing little flights of everything. That is a beautiful idea, and what a great space. And they have a spa in that hotel, you guys. So, like, think about this: if you get to a place where, like, you're going on vacation, but for some reason, you know, things are delayed and you're stuck there. You can go through the airport with your carry-on. You will be able to enter security or go through security to get into the hotel. You know, like they're going to have a yep. place. And then you can have like spa hours for, you can go and sit in the spa for two hours. If you have like a three-hour delay. It's oddly close to St. Paul too. Yeah. Like it, it is. is really right there. Yeah. So that is the sneak peek in our continental hotel now open soft um, opening, but it will be open. We've got a great show for you today. Some fun guests. We're going to be talking instant pots. Uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, the show is sponsored by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. So we are excited to be talking to them actually in the second hour because they've got some new things happening. We will be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. Uh, guess what? Last week was Prime Day. Oh my gosh, Amazon Prime. Did you buy anything? I did not. Oh. I resist. Honestly, I didn't have anything I wanted to buy. I didn't bother looking and scouring and being all drawn into the drama of Prime Day. I was. Did you get drawn in? I did. Even up north? Um, yes. And <laughs> that was probably why. Yeah. What I will say. Did you say, buy stuff? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't miss much. Like, the deals weren't great. This is, I didn't feel like there was a lot of fervor. There wasn't. I felt like I was sucked in and it was all marketing. And as soon as I looked at something, five other shiny objects would come up. And it was like, I felt like a lab rat, but I knew it. Yeah. I did buy, we have a Dyson handheld vacuum. Yeah. That my husband is in love with at our house. In oh. fact, if you ask him to use the regular vacuum, he's like, why? Like, because it doesn't get everything. Yeah. Um, and we needed one for the cabin because my daughter has a really hard time sweeping, meaning she doesn't know how. Uh, so She has an affliction. Yes. So I was like, okay, I just am sick of walking into the cabin and having pine needles on my feet. I'm going to get the Dyson handheld for up there, too. So I did. So you did. Okay. So I called my husband and I was like, I got you a present. He was like, you did? Because he's been up there. I'm like, yes, you're not. And he's like, what is it? He was so excited. And I'm like, I got you the Dyson 7 Animal. He was like. Oh, I'm actually really excited about that. 
And there is marriage in a yeah, nutshell. So that's what I bought. 25 that's years. what I got for his 25 year anniversary that's gift. That's how that works, just to be clear. Oh and, my God. And maybe that's like what women have been getting for over 100 years. So maybe it's all just the tables turning and right. there is no sexism anymore. Right. I don't know. There sure is. Anyway, so uh, the big thing about Amazon Prime Day, of course, is, and I will say, I got a number of people calling me saying, hey, should I buy it? Like, should I really buy it? And of course, we're talking about the Instant Pot because, of course, that was one of the biggest deals of Prime Day. I think it was like the six quart was like 60 bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's a huge deal. Yes. And, and so, so got, worth it, people. Yeah. And a lot of people were asking, should I buy the six? Should I go up to the eight? And so I, I spent Prime Day answering people's Instant Pot questions, <laughs> honestly, about and like their, their Instant Pot insecurities, let's call them. So I basically said, uh, you guys need to join, do it. And then, of course, we put it on the Facebook that if you join up, you should join the Weekly Dish Instant Potters, which is our Facebook group, which we haven't really dabbled into for a while. We've been sort of, you know, you Summer kind of, mode. it peaks and it kind of valleys and it kind of, you get into things and then you move. And, and quite honestly, for me, I've just been grilling so much so that I've not been doing my Instant Pot as much. But I thought we should revisit because I know Please. we have a lot of listeners who have just bought their Instant Pots. We did get a jump in the group membership, I think, you know, just a little bit. Um, but there are things that that you should know. And the first thing you should know is that, you know, join in the group, get into the group and then dig through and look through posts. Like just scroll through and see because there are a lot of good wins and losses posted in that group. Don't you in, believe? Yeah. Wins and losses in terms of actual recipes that yep. people have tried. If you dig down, like, honestly, instead of searching the Internet for Instant Pot information, I would spend time in this group because our friend Barbara Lyons is the unofficial moderator of the group. And yeah. she has and Missy Anderson, too. They have put together like, here's the accessories you maybe want to buy. Here's the accessories that maybe aren't worth it. Here's the settings and all the times you would use the settings. They have so much information that they've put together there and linked to. Yeah. And plus, you know, it's and you can see what people have said. A lot of people post questions like my pot is making this weird sound. And then the the collective, because there's about three over three thousand people that, in this group and they answer. And they so it's this really great hive mind that you can say, I don't understand. What was I doing wrong with the pork shoulder? Remember, yours came out kind of rubbery. Yeah, so everyone yep. was like, well, and they kind of workshopped it. And so if you're feeling like you're having an issue, what a great place is to go through that. Now, in there, we also have um, like the seven first things you should do with an Instant Pot, which, of course, is very popular. So I think you can find that post pretty easily. But it includes doing eggs. You know, do some hard-boiled eggs in your Instant Pot. Do a- And why do you need an Instant Pot to do hard-boiled eggs? Just because you're going to be thinking that right now. The answer is they peel easier yeah. and you can do more. And you can do a bunch without even thinking about it. Yep. It's not even so much like, you know, the, the time that it takes to boil your water and then pull it off. And then you have to watch it and make sure and then hit your timer. This is all just button, button, go sealed done and if your autoimmune protocol and you've passed the egg test or your whole 30 or your intermittent fasting if you're doing any of that eggs are like your lifeblood so yeah. that's a reason alone and uh a lot of things for we're talking about this too in the summertime um there is uh you know the the idea of not using your oven is obviously huge because the instant pot doesn't heat your house up the other thing is with broth if you are making broth and you're still drinking broth and everything or using it for your whole 30 um you won't stink your house up like yeah. you won't have that smell of chicken broth which is not bad i in the fall i am all about it but for some reason in the summer when the humidity's in the air and it's hanging out i do not want chicken broth do you house. remember the story of my crock pot 
and the chicken broth yeah, and, and my dog. dog being up all night yeah, pacing because she could smell chicken. Right. Yeah. That doesn't happen with my instant pot. Yeah. And I make broth every week. Do you really? Yeah. I still don't. But I have frozen <laughs> I have frozen chicken carcasses. I we, See, now I said this and now Harmony's going to yell at me because last week I talked about chicken carcasses in my fridge. So They're that, the best. Well, I know, but she does not like that idea. So for shop cooking so carcasses sorry, sorry, of the word carcasses, I think in your fridge, <laughs> I know it's like, there's a graveyard in my her fridge. Mind. Is there's full like a dead chicken graveyard is what she thinks. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so anyway, the idea of cooking things in your, for summer people are, you know, you kind of think of instant pot as a lot of braises and a lot of things that are sort of heavy. Sometimes I feel because we do use it so much, you know, in the, uh, in the fall and in the harvest times. So I did want to put up a couple things that just some thoughts into your brain about how how you can use Instant Pot in the summertime and easily enough. First of all, the batch cooking situation, if you think about the summertime and how you are always like, I'm just, we're, we were at the beach all day and we came home and it was eight o'clock. Oh my God. This is the situation where the Instant Pot rules because the last thing you want to do is try to fire up your oven and everything else yep. and then try and then cooking a chicken, you know, at eight o'clock when you get home from the beach is kind of you can't even, you yeah, know, it's, but you can in the instant pot. You can, you can throw frozen chicken breasts into the instant pot and set it to go. And it's, and then by the time it's done, whether it's a 20 minute or depending on the size of your chicken and everything else, you pull it out and you can shred it and make a quick chicken salad. Yep. So that's really, really easily and use it, you know, like throw it in there with some tomatoes and things like that and make, you can make like sort of a, like a soupy chicken stew mm-hmm. without it being, and then it can kind of go onto a sandwich, an open face sandwich. And that's a great one. Same with beef, obviously the like hot beef sandwiches or pork. Uh, one of the things that uh, I was thinking this week was I was looking for, I've been eating a lot of salads just because again, I don't want to heat my house up and, but I do want a protein on top yeah. of it and I'm not, like, I'm sitting there going, like, well, we got hot dogs. You know, I can't. I'm like, if I make another kielbasa salad. <laughs> that sounds so gross. Oh, God. A good kielbasa sliced into a spinach salad with lemon and a little shaves of parm. Okay, that sounds that good. That sounds pretty good, right? See, so you made it good. I know. It's not like hot dog water. Or no, anything, I was you know? just like, oh, gross. No, it has to be kielbasa, too, because for some reason that's like the jam. But the idea of doing a pork shoulder on Sunday night and then having it so that, you know, I do it on Sunday night or I can do it in the morning or I can do it in, you know, during the day and then pulling that to throw on a salad yep. is something that I... Kind Yum. of forget how great that can be. Did I tell you I traveled with my instant pot? No. I, which I thought my husband was like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, we have to make beans and rice. So we were making fajitas for a 25. Oh, and, yeah. And yeah. so I brought my crock pot uh, and we made uh, beans and cooked them overnight, like a, ch- a churro bean. Yes. And then I brought my instant pot for rice. And then I left the insert there by accident because someone thought it was a bowl and right, put it and away put it in, in the, the cabin. Yeah. And I was like, got home and I was going to instant pot and opened it up and the pot wasn't there. So I've had to since buy a new insert, but <laughs> I, it's good for large groups of people cooking. And think about that happens a lot in the summertime, you know, when you have people gra- gathering and out in the yard and Absolutely. everything else. It's fast. It's super fast. So uh, that's, those are a couple, I did find, you know, 10 instant pot recipes that you can uh, that we're going to post. And then also one called beat the heat, which is just that idea for me. The idea is like, I forgot how easy it is to just have this go and make, you know, grilled chicken teriyaki bowls, or you can make all that kind of stuff. Bowls too, I think are because bowls are really popular. Kids like them. Yep. And there's so many fresh greens and fresh produce right now, where if you cut anything into little matchsticks or cute little cubes and serve it on a bed of lettuce with some protein, yep, 
Everybody loves that. If you put it in a little row, like just look at your Instagram for five seconds. Yeah. My friend yesterday was so cute. She was like, okay, when I was in Portland, I had this new thing. It was so great. She's like, here, look. She pulls up her phone. She's like, a smoothie bowl. Oh, God. I was like, you are so year 2014. Uh, yeah, 2014. <laughs> There's like smoothie more bowls s- are out. Yeah, we're past the smoothie bowl. She now. was just like, we are? Am I the only one who didn't know? I'm like, yes, you are. Oh, God. Yeah, there's something about, and now there's like, well, last week, Elizabeth Reese was talking about how she sneaks all sorts of things into her kids' smoothies that yep. they don't know, which I love. So yeah, we are all, it. just as long as you're not Jessica Seinfeld writing a book about it yeah, called, no. what was it, like Sneaky Food or something? Yeah, and it wasn't even really her thing, so just to be clear. <laughs> all right, gang, well, there's your Instant Pot update, and that is, like I said, it's we have it on the Facebook page, Weekly Dish. Uh, you know, instant potters and we will try to, I'll try to dip in a little bit more now that I think summer's kind of (laughs) easing up for me a little bit. We'll dip a little bit more and do some more instant potting. So there you go. Good luck. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. You are listening to the weekly dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I'm Stephanie Mart. And we are here today for this beautiful Saturday. And sometimes there's just a lot of food news that doesn't really fit into any cute little box. So we do the equivalent of Julia's random thoughts, but it's called Stephanie's Dribs and Drabs. So we're going to give you some just dribs and drabs of food news. Things that I've been thinking about and bookmarking all summer to talk about with Steph March. <laughs> and I know I you're like, going to laugh I don't at know, some guys. of them. Okay, first of all. There is a new place that is coming to the Twin Cities that is called Top Golf. And Top Golf is a Here's here's how they describe it. Do you love great food, a thrilling game and a buzzing atmosphere? At Top Golf, we take the best aspects of all three to create an experience you simply cannot find anywhere else. Huh. So, it's going to be like a golf putting it's going to be like a golf store. It's got a restaurant. It is very um, immersive. And Top Golf is coming to the Twin Cities. It's here. I've seen it. Okay. I drove by it the other day. So, which I didn't know what it was. But now that I'm looking at the logo of the thing you just posted, I'm like, wow, that's what that was. Huh? Yeah. It used to be a movie theater. Yeah. It's up in Coon Rapids. Yep. So they are building it out and getting to the point where they are doing their hiring. It's a 65,000 square foot open air center. Okay. When you walk, just so you know, like there's nets around it. So it looks like it's some sort of like federal government, space age technology prison. (laughs) I actually have driven by it and thought the same thing. So your balls are tracked with microchips. There's flat screen television, a 50 table restaurant, 3000 square foot terrace, private gatherings. I mean, this place is gigantic, okay? Wow. So what I thought was interesting about it from a a food perspective is that they are having a, instead of interviews, they're having a, like, group interview audition. Okay. So things that you will do at your interview slash, slash audition will be group activities, interactive panel interviews, one on one conversation with top golf brass but also games participation yeah games and i was like wow this is just kind of interesting they say smiles and a positive approach to helping others are just as important as experience so they're really hiring more for like your outgoing personality yeah which made me kind of think a little bit of heartthrob in the 80s which is where i met my husband yep um where we had to sing and dance and we were on roller skates and that whole bit but 500 people yeah. 
in this space just for this one location when all I am hearing and I am hearing it is like, cause I'm up North and there are restaurants up in Ely that are down to not serving lunches cause they don't have anyone to serve them. Yeah. Um, it's just such a tight employment market. And is this appealing? Does do you think this is like a unique strategy that could work for them? You know, it's interesting. Uh, there is back in the day, the W when the W opened, uh-huh. um, the W they're very much about, they call their workers talent. They don't, you're, they're not the employees. You're the talent. Right. And it's sort of the idea that you're there to perform and you need these personalities. We can teach you the skills and think about it. This is, this is not high level salesmanship. This is not even high level food. As I look about their chicken right, and waffles right. and it's you know, just pretzel basic. sliders. Yep. Yeah. So they can teach all that. You don't have to have any knowledge. So you do basically what they're asking for is personality. So if you think about that, that's, I mean, that seems right. And there are, I think there have been a lot of these sort of techniques for hospitality for a long time. They've just never been on that scale for 500. We used to employ a little bit of some of this, you know, when we would hire for different restaurants around the country. But it was, um, and this is in my former life, not, you know, anything now. But uh, that idea of you can train someone in knowledge, but like their personality, you can't train. Yeah. And, but, but I think what's more interesting is that I think this is, maybe appealing to this millennial aspect or these, which is now they're looking for Gen Z as well. And this is about creating the non-traditional atmosphere and giving more interactivity into their lives instead of just executing tasks. I think that's an interesting appeal and approach. So yeah, we'll see. It's interesting. I just, I was reading this. I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool and different. And it's maybe worth talking about just because it's unique for all these restaurants that are having just like such a hard time finding people Maybe what we'll see out of this bigger dynamic is different culture, different. We've talked a lot about, you know, the $15 minimum wage and we've talked about tipping culture, but maybe we'll just see a whole different culture shift about the way that you present your restaurants to your guests. Yeah. And I certainly think we've seen that in some of the local hospitalitarian folks Certainly like in the Tim Niver group and where they really focus a lot on that front of the house service and the way that they treat their employees, too. I think that kind of bleeds into that area. Well, and I wonder what they're going to be doing as far as uh, if it's going to be full service or if it's going to be counter service. I think it's full service. I wonder. And maybe they have counter service, too. They have enough. It's so gigantic. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's obviously, to. yeah, it's obviously there's a bar so yep. that you'll have to be served from the bar. But then there's also, you know, if it looks like if there's a lot of games and interactivity, it could be a counter place or there could be both. Up in, um, up in, I've been spending a lot of time in Ely, so I hate to keep referencing it. But um, my neighbor and I were talking and she was like, oh, have you been in town much? I said, yeah, we went to eat, you know, at so-and-so. She goes, yeah, did you notice how slow the service is? I said, yeah, I did actually. And she goes, Everywhere is just like there's they don't have enough employees. So they tell all of the guests up front, we don't have enough employees. We're short staffed. So it's just going to be a while. That's like the whole town. Yeah, (laughs) because because summers. Well, and I mean, not to get political, but, you know, there was this whole joke about how uh, the immigration policies have affected a lot of people's labors. And, you know, the uh, the the the, um, greenhouses and a lot of the nurseries are having a hard time getting yeah. people to come and work. And then of course, you know, Mar-a-Lago <laughs> applied to have foreign workers come in. So, well, and you know. the, the, um, the resort up there, I can speak to Burnside Lodge in particular, which is on my lake. 
they had a lot of those foreign workers and those foreign permits. Yeah. And their amount that they could get was cut in half. Well, you think about everybody in the Dells. I mean, I think about the yep, Dells. The Dells sure. was like the international playland for and all college And it was awesome. Kids. And so was Valley Fair. Yeah. So was Canterbury. And I loved that aspect yep. of it. You know, I'm looking at this Top Golf menu as I'm just scrolling through. Everything here is very, very easily executable. I mean, in terms of it's mostly snacks, sandwiches, and flatbreads. Yeah. There's nothing here that anyone needs to have any sort of question about almost. Yeah. You can almost, it's pulled chicken, pulled you pork. You just open a bag. Egg, heat yep. it up in the microwave, pour it on. Yeah, I mean, so yep. this is interesting. I mean, I, I, God, that's what that was, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Okay, so Top that goes. was that thought, dribs and drabs. I told you this was just going to be a weird segment. Um, okay, how about the new uh, restaurant that is being worked on by Daniel Dal Prado, who owns and operates Martina, which we really like. Mm-hmm. He is going to be opening a new restaurant called Colita, um, it is going to be in Southwest Minneapolis and it's going to it's focus 54th in Penn. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It's going to focus on how smoked meats, Mexican inspired dishes. And what I'm really excited about, they're going to have Oaxacan moles. Yes. I, I mean, it's going to rotate though. I don't yes. think they'll have Oaxacan moles all the time. And what he said, what they said in the opening thing that I read was the opening menu, meaning that yeah. it will change. Okay. <laughs> I'm having a total moment with tortillas. Oh, and I'm really Which is excited good because apparently so is the Twin Cities. Yes. And it's so I when I read so Ann Kim is also going to be doing a Mexican inspired restaurant, Popovu in Central, also Mexican inspired and tortilla centric. What I read about when I read what Ann Kim said, it was like, God, this makes so much sense. And I don't know why I haven't thought of it. But so she researched pizza, which is basically a form of a tortilla, right? So, it's a bread product of yeah, some sort. And how you can make it and how there's different variations and different styles. And of course, you could bring that same aesthetic, that same research, that same variety to the tortilla. Mm-hmm. And why? I mean, I miss handmade tortillas. I hate that I can't buy them in a store. I just I want a handmade tortilla that elevates that taco, that everything so much. Yeah. I'm so excited about handmade tortillas. I'm just excited. I guess there's, but I mean, there's, there are places that are doing that in town. I mean, like the little mom and pop, like Maya Cuisine, I think they yes. make their own tortillas. Yes. And, and I go is, there and buy them. That's the only, that's the thing that I worry about is that now that the chefy sort of levels are excited Will they appropriate by them, the tortilla? And I don't believe in appropriation and I've gotten into discussions about it. I understand that there's learning and everyone can, you know, kind of, you know, there's, there's there's, culture is morphing all the time. And so to say like, anyway, um, but I do like the idea of, but I, that's the thing is I, and as a food writer, I'm very conscious of the fact that I don't want to just all of a sudden starts as acts acting as if fresh tortillas were just discovered yeah. by these people. So this is important to know that there are plenty of great Mexican restaurants in town doing it. Now for me, it's less about the tortilla than it is about the stuff in there too. I mean, I want a fresh tortilla for sure, but then I want some creativity. Like I love Andale and Richfield and they have great where it's just beautifully braised beef with like a little bit of onion and cilantro mm-hmm. on your taco. And that is gorgeous. But I'm excited for like some kimchi situation and some fresh corn and craziness with it too. I'm, if you have the right tortilla, you could wrap up peanut butter and jelly and yeah. that would make it for me. Yeah. I'm so that's exciting. I will say it's fun because Colita was originally called in, you know, when they first announced it, it was called Diamond Barbecue and it was going to be this Tex Mex 
Miami Vice themed things. So I'm a little excited <laughs> that things have moved in this direction for Danny Del Prado. Okay, that's funny. I know. And obviously, the, what's really cool is that Marco uh, Zapia, who is also the king bartender at Martina, uh, will be doing some fermented beverages, some Mexican fermented beverages, which I think is extremely cool. I was in a restaurant just the other day at a bar and someone said, uh, can you tell me about your mezcal? And she's like, oh, we don't have any. And this was like a place that you would really? expect would have it. I'm not going to say okay. out loud, but it is a place that is bar forward in Uptown. And I was like, wow, you don't have any mezcal? Now, I don't like mezcal very much, but I thought that was pretty interesting because we've talked about how it's so trendy right now. Yeah, it is. And huh. there are a lot of drinks with mezcal at Martina. Yeah. Um, okay. One just other quick, just totally random thing. Yep. I am so glad I'm not Meghan Markle. Okay. Because she, Stephanie, they have a rule that she cannot eat garlic. Did you know that? Whose rule? Queen Elizabeth's. Oh. So because they don't want to stink when they're like greeting people in public. So they do not allow the royal family to eat garlic. They don't have any of the chefs put it in their food. That is depressing. Is that the weirdest thing in the world? I know. I was like, how could this even be? But she travels enough so that maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe they can like go get a pizza or go get some marinara sauce. I don't know. Every time I, I mean, there's a lot of English food as well, which is (laughs) come on. That's going to be, you're going to have some guy call you and be like English food. Yeah. Okay. If you find yourself in a garlic forward situation, here's a quick tip that I also read at almost the same time. I was like, this is all Megan needs. You eat a raw apple. That raw apple neutralizes the garlic in your mouth. Okay. And I've been eating a lot of garlic pesto. Like one day I felt like I couldn't even be around others. Yeah. It was coming out of my pores because I'd made this beautiful pesto fresh and everything, but I stunk so bad. See, I don't think I ever, I don't ever feel like the stink. My thing is like when I'm chopping it, I'm making a lot of things. It's my hands, but that's not the same. Do you know that? No. Stainless steel. You rub your hands on stainless steel and it neutralizes the odor. Hmm. My Most child, of the time I'm sleeping with it because I've already been drinking and I can't remember. Yeah, on your hands. And then all of a sudden I wake up and I'm like, I just, that's my hands. My mom used to say that my child smelled like garlic 24-7. Yeah. And that she was like, what are you, because my it's kid weird. ate pesto constantly. I don't think that people ever smell like that. Oh, yes, I don't smell do. it on people at all. But that could be, I think that must be my own failing. <laughs> all right, we're going to go ahead and take a break and fight about a garlic smell off the air. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, Steph March. And this is the portion of the show where we take your questions live. Uh, ask Stephanie. You can call us at 651-641-1071. I'm going to hit up the question we got at the very beginning of the show because maybe we have listeners who can help us with this. 651-641-1071. If you want to call in, we'll take your call live on air. Also at Stephanie's Dish, at Steph March on Twitter. On our show page, you can email us, and we're very responsive on Facebook as well. So this woman uh, called up, and she said that she... Uh, and by the way, we have Marley on the uh, production side today. Hey, Marles! Hi, guys. Thanks for coming How are you? In. Thanks for hanging out today. No problem. So Marley took a phone call about a sandwich, which is important <laughs> because you guys know I love a sandwich, but I'm a little I'm a little vexed. Somebody, This woman called. She said she basically wanted to know about a sub-sandwich recipe that we had talked about potentially last year and we are racking our brains trying to think of if it was a muffaletta we talked about if it was a blt situation which is more likely what i talk about is a blt oh wait a minute i think i might have it maybe this is about the mayonnaise grilling of like the mayonnaise part of your sandwich on the bread you know how so the situation of how you get a very crisp grilled cheese or a crisp blt is you use mayonnaise instead of butter instead of butter and maybe that was it 
Potentially. Potentially that was it. But if not, if you guys listeners have a, if you remember and help us out with our collapsed memory cells of a thing that we, a sandwich that we talked about maybe last summer, last year, that was sort of revolutionary, I guess. Would be great. All it, right. It was uh, very much about a, a saran wrapped sub sandwich that she traveled to her cabin with, and now that everyone else was expecting. Okay. So it was could a it be sub sandwich? Okay. Six five one six four one one zero seven one. If you remember this, and you can help us, could it be where you pressed? Didn't you make a sandwich once where you pressed it with yes. the like oil and the vinegar? Yes. It maybe was that press sandwich. That you then, it's kind of a muffaletta situation where yeah. you, you, there's also the one that you dig out the boule, the, the sourdough boule. That's what it is, And Stephanie. then you put the sandwich, that's exactly what it is. Okay. Okay, well done, <laughs> us. So. All right, I'm going to find this, just because I'm going to find, I want to make sure fine. I'm well, you look it. for that, you I will, talk. I got an email of a question that was um, from Christina. She said, hello, I'm looking for a dog-friendly brunch spot for Saturday, which would be today. She said, I'm open to either St. Paul or Minneapolis. And she said, I was going to go to the free house, but they don't have a reservation open. Free house does take dogs on the patio out there, as does uh, the Lowry, as does um, the Red Cow spots will take dogs on the patio. Actually, at Red Cow St. Paul, just the other day, (laughs) there is a man sitting at his patio dining seat outside the front of the restaurant with his French bulldog on his lap, and he was feeding it French fries. It was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) So you can have your dog there. 651-641-1071 if you want to call in. What I recommended uh, today is to go to the Astor Cafe uh, down in St. Anthony Park there on St. Anthony, Maine. And that is a dog-friendly patio. If they, if you want to actually go and you can eat at Hefe too, they, you can have dogs out on that patio as well. And they just have to be well-mannered, of course. Um, so also Sea Salt is a good place to go with your dog. There's yep. a lot of dogs down there. So it's important that your dog is well-mannered and not being a scene. I totally think. Stanley's in Northeast, by the way, it has a very dog-friendly situation. And they actually have a pizza truck that is called something. And there's they have a food truck that's sitting on the patio and it has dog pizzas. Like oh, that's It has cute. pizzas for you, but it also has a pizza for your dog. And the How Daily Kitchen has uh, a whole dog menu. Do you know this on 55? Kind no. of in the, in the uh, How neighborhood. Uh, they have the How Daily Kitchen. They have an entire menu for your dog. Wow. For, on, off the patio. River City Kitchen, too, which is off of, or City, Red, what is the? Red, Red River, River Kitchen Thank at you. City House. Uh, at City House. It's dog friendly, too. And that's a great spot right along the river there. It's very pretty. 651-641-1071. Stephanie, what okay. do you have about the sandwich? I found the Martha Stewart Italian Press Sandwich. And this is basically a good, I think that's a really good way to do Because I don't know if which one we did. But basically, you take out... Uh, it's you, you take out, you kind of slice in half and then hollow out a boule and it can be sourdough. It could be an Italian peasant loaf. But when we say boule, it's obviously that big round Round loaf. loaf. Got it. And then you, uh, you, it's, then you basically put in, um, you put mayonnaise and lemon zest all together and you get like a good layer of mayo. And then you layer in provolone and, uh, salami, maybe some turkey, thinly sliced turkey, some capicola or soppressata. You do a tomato, you do, you layer all this in, you do some watercress, some capers, and then you mayo the top. And then you put it all together 
and then you wrap it and you kind of wrap it up in um, in saran wrap, whatever. Yep. But then you also what you want to do is you want to place a heavy skillet on top and flatten it slightly, maybe a couple of cans in the skillet so that it gets nice and flat. And basically you want that for like 45 minutes or in a refrigerator up for 12 hours before unwrapping it. And then you cut it into slices into like wedges. Got it. Yeah. So this one I remember because we. I feel like we did this and we talked about it and then it was wrapped up and then they put it at the bottom of the cooler and then you stack all your other foods on top of it so that and that's a perfect way to bring something up north. Okay. Yes. I love there it. Is, so it's a kind of a sub, but it's really more of a, yeah. And and you can do a muffaletta, which is, that's kind of the same idea with a muffaletta, which you just would put some, you know, tapenade and some red peppers and stuff. Right. Um, one question that has come in, that's a good question from Shelly. She says, I want to make my own bun salad. She said, but I don't know where I can buy or how to make the Vietnamese barbecue pork that goes on the bun salad. She said, just adding that I love a Nyong Bistro's um, bun salad and I would like to replicate it. And by the way, Nyong Bistro is amazing. And that bun salad is delicious. Um, I mean, I think you could find many recipes for, for Vietnamese bun. barbecue yeah. pork. Yeah. Yep. I think that's I think that's or you could probably go pick it up. You could order it, you know, from the delis. You know, I wonder about Dragon Star Foods if they would have uh, Vietnamese pork there. Uh, There's a lot of recipes for it. It basically is fish sauce, soy sauce, sesame oil, green onion, cilantro, sugar, lemongrass. Um, You marinate, you buy the certain cut of meat and then you grill it. Yeah. Um, I will say I'll put a recipe on the Facebook page for you so that you can see it. One that seems relatively easy to do from Food 52. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. So there is that. Um, You want to talk about, did you want to talk about watermelon mint salad? I do. Okay. Do it. Um, Mary wants to know how do you replicate that watermelon mint salad? And if you're using feta, would you still use mint? Wait, what? Okay. Mary wants to know. But what's... There are ahead, watermelon salads, yeah. and it's this time of year where you eat watermelon, watermelon salads. So a lot of people make watermelon squares, feta squares, and they or toss all that together. Ricotta. Yeah, and then use either um, basil as the base or mint. And she uses mint and um, also putting it on arugula. She yeah. just wanted to know how you make a good watermelon salad. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah. That's good. so that's that. All right, we're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, we're listening to The Weekly Dish presented by Red Cow and Red Rabbit.